You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. The road it's, to... Oh, sorry? No, we've got... Are you going to say something? No, forget it. What? <laughs> Nothing. I was just going to say it's getting closer all the time. Okay. Okay. Do, you need, do I need to start over? No. Go ahead. Keep going. I'll edit you out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be nice. It'll be good. All right. The road to Dragon Con continues, and we're cruising right along to the big event. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting with, of course, Director Mike Faber. Howdy. How are you guys? It is great to be here, and it's hard to believe that Dragon Con is six months away. Six months. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I know. Not in the fast lane yet. Oh, thank God, no. But we're getting there. Uh... Also, we have with us, once again, Darren Noel. Howdy, everybody. What's up? Howdy, sir. How's, how's the progression of the costume? What? You know, I have to ask. So What, what question? What? what? <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I cannot answer your questions without a lawyer present. So, <laughs> sorry. I see. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's Mike, rough because Mike, I had you know, idea. he doesn't want to do, no, 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 I had an idea okay. and, okay. um, it was with two other people and one of them can't come to dragon now. Oh, no. So I'm kind of like, well, this costume makes no sense with just me. Well, I mean, it does, but it, it would be better with, with the three other, with the two other people with me. So I'm like, okay, I need to punt and, and think about what exactly I'm going to do. And I'm still in the punting and thinking stage now. So. Lots going on. Just uh, denial, mostly. Denial. Yeah, my my favorite river. Yeah, it's a good river. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I am. And we know you you just don't want to incriminate yourself, so I it's don't. cool. I don't. I have an alibi for everything that ever happens. <laughs> ever. <laughs> we also have joining us our own geek behind the lens. Nikki Rao Baker is here. Hey guys, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Any any great photography uh, events that you participated in lately? Um, just taking pictures of my anime figures count. Because <laughs> that's what I've been doing a lot lately. Is um, I've I've gotten into collecting uh, anime figures, and uh, I've I've been setting up ridiculous photo shoots with them with lights and everything. It's it's getting out of hand, you guys. I might need an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> hey Nikki, does that count as a still life? Uh yeah, I suppose it would. Yes, I'm photographing still life, high art. Yes, yes. Mm. yes I'll be uh, hanging my portraits in the Louvre soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. And we can say we knew you when. Exactly. Have, we have for years already, so it's okay. 
Awesome. And uh, also joining us for uh, our discussion tonight is Dacoma Sanchez. Welcome. What? What? Hey, guys. How are you? How's it going? How was how was uh, your so the aftermath of your your first ESO Dragon Con? <laughs> it was um, it was good. I uh, I actually left with a lot of really good ideas stewing in my brain. So I'm hoping I'll I'll bring it for you guys. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, some stuff t- tonight. Woohoo! Also joining us for this episode, we'll have segments with Eternal Zan and Tony. Gowell will uh, he's the director of convention of the convention office and he's also the official panel moderator he'll be joining us later uh this earth station one special report is sponsored by the eso amazon e-store where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise like the eso anthology if you're ordering some swag from amazon help us out by going through our link it's right on the eso uh, top of the page it doesn't cost you any more and it helps us out a lot it's part of the navigation, folks. Absolutely. And if you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057 or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Please join our Facebook group. There's a lot of great people talking about that. And we do talk about DragonCon stuff quite often. So I hope to see you in, in various social media outlets. We're available in all sorts of social media, right, Mike? Oh, we are everywhere. Anywhere you could think of a social media thing, look up Earth Station One. We're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, oh, I almost forgot, Mary Lou Who has joined us again. Woohoo! What up? Hey, <laughs> Mary! <laughs> welcome, welcome. How are Thank you, dear? Thank you. How are things in chilly Nashville? Oh, well, pretty chilly, to be honest. Uh, It's been on and off cold and just, like, rainy and gross. But then, like, interchanged with these really beautiful, warm days, it's kind of giving me whiplash. Mm. Yeah, we've got some weird weather here, too. It's been – I wish the rain would stop. It's supposed to be nasty overnight, so. Uh And now everyone knows when we recorded this, so. (laughs) I don't know. With Atlanta, it could have been any day. Well, true, true. That's right. Well, awesome. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. We'll get started with some news and notes and start off with some important dates. Um, February, let's see. Actually, February is pretty much done. So uh, it, you you missed your chance to get the $100 membership rates. Uh, the parade registration opened February 15th, and I've heard that already that uh, they're full up as far as vehicles. Uh, they're not taking any more uh, vehicle registration. So uh, if you wanted to uh, drive your um, nerd mobile into the, in the <laughs> in the parade, you're out of luck. Sorry. Um, I've, I've actually never seen the nerd mobile. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. The nerd mobile, a euphemism for something. Cause it sounds At Dragon like- Con, everything's a euphemism for something. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, March 18th, the only thing that's really coming out, March uh, 18th, the media access application opens. So if you've got a, a blog or um, a, a column online or uh, part of the press, you'll definitely want to get your credentials together so you can submit those in March. Yep. And, uh, and then April 1st is when the close is the closing of the performer application. So if you are uh, wanting to perform at Dragon Con in any way, um, and, well, musically, I think. I was going to say, that's a loaded one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that was so loaded. I, I don't perform in public anymore, Gordon. I don't get on it, Darren. Get on it. 
<laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an artist now. I, I do shows in private and for a select audience of a very select few, unless they're cute. And then the audience expands. So. The um, uh, but yes, so you have to get it in by April first, and that is not a April Fool's Day joke. So I uh, get that in. Also, um, something new. Well, that they're, that they're doing this year, and this is part of the Dragon Con thirtieth uh, celebration, thirtieth anniversary celebration. Uh, Dragon Con wants to uh, hear from you fans. Uh, they want to memorialize Dragon Con from the fans' perspective. And and they're going to give away some memberships in the process. They they want folks. They're encouraging folks to send their favorite Dragon Con memories, uh, pictures, stories work best. Um, it it doesn't say that they you know that there has to be some sort of any sort of restrictions on these stories. Oh hell but, no! <laughs> but no. I would say that if you want to <laughs> if you want to see them published in any format, you should probably keep them a little clean. Oh well, Darren. So much for your. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I can I can skip out on this. The memories right. that I have that I'm lucky to remember are close to my heart. Uh, but please send your favorite Dragon Con moments to DragonCon30 at gmail.com by April 22nd. Um, if your submission is chosen, uh, you will be in the running to win either a 2016 membership or the grand prize, which is a guaranteed reservation at a host hotel. No way! That's worth it right there. They're That's not gonna. They're not gonna pay for the hotel. Oh, it's just a reservation. It's just a guaranteed reservation at a host hotel. Oh. <laughs> so you can find more information on that uh, by going to Dragon Con's uh, Facebook page and uh, and find out more information. And and they've got a cool little celebrating thirty years logo too that they've uh, they made a debut as well. That's on the Facebook page as well. Have you guys seen that? I haven't yet. Actually. Nope. That's pretty cool looking, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, speaking of uh, the DragonCon Facebook group, DragonCon made a, uh, an announcement just today on their Facebook mm-hmm. group that was uh, pretty important. Uh, Darren, I understand you have more information about that. Oh, well, um, is it about the um, lovely um, RFRA bill? Yes, sir. Is being banded about. Then, yes, I do have information about that. The uh, RFRA, which is now... Um, House Bill 757 in the um, Georgia legislature is heading back to the House. The Senate approved it. Um, is the what they're calling the Freedom of Religion Act. Um, it is a bunch of bills designed to be um, very pro-Christian without saying it. If you um, want, Mike, I'll send you the link so people can read this bill for themselves. Um, it's very vague. And that's that's the danger of a bill like this. It's extremely vague. Nowhere in this um, bill is Christianity mentioned by name or any other religion. They use the word religion, and neither is any other group used by their names because um, there have been some certain stuff going on at the Supreme Court that they basically said you can't discriminate without a very good reason. So they're not naming a specific party to whom – um, the individuals or the companies or the entities can discriminate against, but you have to have a, you have to be a part of a faith-based organization or nonprofit or a person, and that's where it includes everyone who has a deep-seated faith-based belief, and you can basically say no, I'm not going to help you, and there is no recourse for you at all at the court level. 
Um, there is recourse for the person being accused to go back to the state and say, hey, this person's accusing me of being you know, X, Y, Z. Um, I'd like to sue them. <laughs> so it's really a weird bill. And unfortunately, um, it's, it's thinly veiled. Anyone can go and look. It's, it's basically this bill has been put together by a bunch of rural legislators in Georgia as a, the predictable backlash to the pro-gay marriage ruling at the Supreme Court level. This past June, which was expected. It was expected because this came out 2015 and it kind of got shunted away because all the um, all the big corporations like Delta and Coke came out against it. The visitors board came out against it um, and all the money that we would lose because Indiana actually passed something similar to this and they lost a ton of money. And now the film industry is threatening to put pull out of Georgia completely. So. It's a pretty interesting bill. It's a pretty interesting thing that's going on. It's not unexpected, like I said. Um, this is something that usually um, comes around and around and around, and people think, oh, well, you know, as long as we're able to do this, it'll be fine. But what people don't think about when they, when they are pro these laws, um, and it's not a law yet. It hasn't passed as of the recording date, so, but it could pass at any time. Um, they don't think about someone who is a Buddhist telling a Christian, no, I can't help you. They don't think about the um, individuals working at the deli who happen to be, let's say, Greek Orthodox, who refuse to help the Jewish family who came in to eat. They're not thinking about these types of situations. They're just thinking about preserving, quote unquote, the animus to LGBTQIA individuals in the state. That's mm -hmm. basically what this is. Um, this, this law can be turned around. It is so vaguely written that it doesn't single anyone out, so it's not discriminatory, you see? But if you were a, a gay person who was injured and the closest hospital to you was religiously affiliated, they could offer not to treat you. And that that's used, serious. That used serious. to happen all the time in segregation yeah. days. Based upon their, their deeply held beliefs. And you can have a belief in the spaghetti god, you know? That's how, that's how vaguely this is written. It can be any kind of belief you want to. If I said I deeply believe that cars are um, intangible and I can walk through them, that's a deeply held belief. If I actually believe that, I don't because that's cray-cray. But that's, that's all you have to do really. That's all you have to say. You have to convince a judge that you have a deeply held religious faith-based belief. And then you can basically discriminate however you want to. And, of course, the, the worst part of this, as, as almost any state law says, the last line says all, part, all laws and parts of law, laws in conflict with this act are repealed. And that basically takes away any local um, non-discrimination acts that LGBTQIAs have managed to cobble together. It also could take away any protection that anyone who is not liked um, – this opens the door to – race-based discrimination again, but they can say anything they want to. Let's remember the Klan was set up as a religious organization. And no one thinks about that now because we associate them most with racism, and justly so. That's what their acts were. But they are primarily a Christian-based organization, and many Christians would say, no, they're not. Well, they believe they are. They have a deeply held faith-based belief that they are Christian, and they don't want to see anyone of another race anyone of another religion, anyone of a different sexual orientation besides straight, exist. 
And this is how serious this is. This is this is a codicil basically saying, yeah, we're okay with that in the state. Now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say to people who probably don't even come into contact with many minority people, it's okay to discriminate. It's okay. We're still godlike in Georgia. We still are Christians, whatever that means to whomever. But there's such a spectrum of denominations of Christianity. Which Christianity are they talking about here? Because they never mention Christianity by name in the bill. The big thing that was a part of this is we have to protect pastors and, and other religious officials from being forced to perform weddings for people who are not like them. Well, people of a religious faith have always had that protection. If you were a Catholic couple and you walked into a Jewish synagogue and asked to be married there, the rabbi would probably politely refuse because you're not a member of that faith. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But when you are a member of the public in a for-profit area, if you are catering, if you are a florist, if you are a baker, and you open your doors to the public to make money on the public, that means you serve the public. That's everybody. Or else we go back to the days of the um, Woolworth counter-protests. That's what this is. It is clearly a major five steps back bill. And of course, many people have already spoken out against this bill. I know I've, we've heard uh, Mr. Barrowman, who's been to Dragon Con now twice, say on his Twitter feed last year he would not be coming to Dragon Con if this passed. And I believe George Takai said the same thing. And and yes, there was a very similar bill. If this sounds familiar to people it's who listened to our, our our show last year, this came up. And and DragonCon, to its credit, mm-hmm. was just as vocal uh, about uh, their stance on it as well, which is quite uh, refreshing. I think. Uh, it. I think it's another reason that you know DragonCon stands out uh, among some of the other certainly larger cons that try to, I don't know, uh, be silent about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they're working through um, the Visitors Bureau and the Convention Board um, that say we're going to lose some billions of dollars if this passes Yeah, in, in state tax revenue. Well, exactly. The movie industry is threatening to walk away out, from this. Pull out now, yeah. There's, there's already some high-tech companies that are threatening to leave the area if that goes through. Hell, Coca-Cola, which is one of the you know biggest companies in the Atlanta area – has come out against this and saying, "Hey, we will do something against this if you know it passes." Same thing with Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the issue with this is this has gotten gone so quick through the legislative process, and the the hearings on it have been very sudden. You know, there's not been a lot of oh, well, we're going to meet on this on Tuesday at noon. It's been very yeah, we're going to talk about this for thirty minutes. We'll have one person from each side talk. Mm-hmm. It's been very oh well, we know enough now. Let's take a vote, and of course, it passed. It passed but the Senate like forty to thirteen or something. What's different about this bill versus the last one that got shot down? Like, how are they? This one's a little more um, invictive. This one's a little more thorough, and it's it's written bigger because they didn't have the Supreme Court ruling from June to deal with, and now they do. So now they can't say in their, hey, we're going to do this against gay people. Now it's got to be so vague. It covers everybody Mm -hmm. because the Supreme Court has set the precedent. Yeah, gay marriage is a thing. Get over it. 
this is one of the last, this is the predictable backlash from every time an LGBT right situation comes out pro-LGBT. There's a backlash from it, and this is where it is. And it's very similar to what happened with Brown v. Education. You've got the Jim Crow laws, which cemented segregation for another 60, 70, 80 years until you got the Civil Rights Act in the 60s. They're trying to hold on to those people who don't want to deal with this. But mm-hmm. it is. It is what it is. And because Atlanta is a very urban area with a huge, diverse population, and the rest of Georgia tends to not be that for the most part, it, it's, it's a dichotomy of where we live and how we act and interact with people versus people from other parts of the state. And I'm generalizing, obviously. There are anti-gay people in Atlanta. There are pro-gay people in South Georgia. I have well, no I mean, and, and I'm, in, I'm in middle Georgia. I'm about two hours south of Atlanta. So I'm in an area where people are pro this bill. And it's, it's weird being on the other end of that and having to live through it and having to uh, – I mean, and you, know, you see the meme that's going around the internet uh, – uh, I can't remember how the other two are, but it's basically a, an atheist, a vegan, and a CrossFitter walk into a bar, and I only know that within the first two minutes because they all said it. And it's yeah, that exactly. kind of it's that kind of well, okay, you're going to call me out on being an atheist or a CrossFitter or a vegan because I'm proud of who I am because it's different from what you are. When I first moved here from Florida, I had a Darwin fish in the back of my car. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculously uncommon. I mean, it branches out to more than just the LGBT community as oh, well. Totally, totally. And as far as the movie industry goes and the large companies that are looking at uh, at possibly leaving if this bill passes, we're not just looking at Atlanta. Yes, everybody talks mm-hmm. about Atlanta because there's a lot of filming that goes on there. I have filming that's going on down the street from me at some of our locations over here. The film industry in Georgia is actually quite prevalent because it's one of the most inexpensive places for you to do filming right now. And because we have such a wide diversity of not just people but also of, uh, of landscapes and of different – locations that people can shoot for different things. So it's going to be a big deal if this goes through. And not just for those communities, but for the state as a whole. We all know that there are no gay people working in film. Of course. <laughs> now, now, see, this, this is the thing that gets on my nerves. If, if there's an embargo versus any group, I don't care what it is, LGBT, race, religion, I don't care. But then you try to take advantage of that culture, I have a problem with you. If you're, if you're anti-gay, when you're in the radio, if Elton John comes on, turn off your radio. Yep. I'm with mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, I, I have no patience for that. If you, if you are a, a seminal racist, white versus black, well, but I'm sorry. None for you. No, no, no R&B for you. Tough. And that's also going to – And that's, that's very simplified. That's very simplified. But my point is you can't – pass these laws about LGBT people and then watch Will and Grace and laugh on TV. No. Completely agreed. And that's going to open up a larger larger, uh, conversation about uh, how LGBT people are accepted even in the own movie industry and in the entertainment industry, period. Mm -hmm. Because even amongst themselves, there's a lot that goes on that isn't talked about. Oh, sure. Sure. Because with the vast majority. Yeah. Then absolutely every industry, this this type of thing exists um racism and homophobia and um anti-semitism and all these other things they exist in every corner of life and er- i don't care if you're urban or rural don't care you're going to discover someone you'll be like really you feel that way okay then did not know that about you 
you know, it's it's the <laughs> it's the third date when you find out that awful thing about someone, and you're like, oh wow, really? Okay, that's why you're single. All right, um, you know what? And I'm about to drop a little mind blowing bomb here. Um, I'm ordained as a minister. Okay, I'm totally F- horrified now. FYI, I'm ordained as a minister. Is it is it at the religion of the spaghetti god? Because I'm no. still thinking about that. No, it's not the religion of the spaghetti, spaghetti god. <laughs> the flying spaghetti but monster. <laughs> I, I, got, I got ordained so I could conduct gay marriages when they were illegal. Because that was going on. Even though it was illegal, it was going on. We had sex when it was illegal. You think we're going to wait for people to say, oh, it's legal now? No, we were going ahead. So <laughs> we did that. Um, so I have a deep-seated faith-based belief that this bill is complete and utter BS. And oh, it's of course it is. All. Absolutely. And obviously I'm biased, but as a member of the clergy, I feel it's important to people understand that that's how easy that this argument can be turned. Yeah. Oh, you have a gay person who's part of the clergy. Yeah, I don't believe in being anti-gay as, as, because Christ told me that would be an incorrect thing to do. Ooh, well, now you're in a wicked, aren't you? Oh, boy. <laughs> so there you go. It's just that simple to say, yeah, and there's nothing you can do against me since you're anti-gay. Nothing. Not legally. I can refuse to cut your hair, refuse to cater your wedding, refuse to sell you that wedding dress. Whatever. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Protected by the law, which say is no totally to ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So. Yay, well, DragonCon. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I think that's the, you know, to me, that's the, the, because, and, you know, I think DragonCon also, and they, I definitely encourage people to go to the, the DragonCon uh, Facebook page and, and, and check out their statement. It's, it's well said, uh, well crafted. Um, and it pretty much states, you know, uh, one of the reasons why they're taking a stance like this, uh, quote, unlike some conventions that have their headquarters outside cities where they operate, Atlanta is the only home to Dragon Con has ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, their founders, our founders and our convention leaders all have deep family roots in the metropolitan area. Over the last 30 years, we have seen the city change considerably, almost always for the better. We have great faith that our state's leaders and legislators will eventually do the right thing for all Georgians. So hear, hear, and hope that that happens. I, yes, I sir. So. But I'm, I, I caution, if this does go through, I would not expect to see the guest list as robust as last year. And it would definitely have a negative money effect on Dragon, much less other conventions coming to town. They Mm -hmm. may just pick up and move. Well, well, speaking of guests. (laughs) (laughs) There's your segue. That was an amazing segue. You're welcome anytime. Um, Wow. Um, Yeah. and and you know there hasn't been a lot of announcements, and I doubt it's it's because of this. Uh, I do you know feel like uh, they are awaiting to uh, drop some serious guest bombs on us uh, because of the 30th anniversary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we did get one uh, 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 um, a couple weeks ago, but anyway. Um, and thanks, Darren, for that. I really appreciate that. And no if people need more information, we're going to have links. Uh, you got me the link to the bill itself and uh, some other links for, so people can find out more information about that. Mm-hmm. But um, So right now, we're going to go to Mike and Mary with the guest list. Well, there really isn't a get true guest list yet. Like Mike had mentioned, uh, Shatner kind of blew it and pretty much said he will be in, at DragonCon this year <laughs> in a tweet. So he was just like, 
oh yeah, I'll be there. So, they but post- the interesting thing is that he's only there on Monday. Exactly. What? Yes. Yep. That's he's, weird. He's there for Hangover Day. Mm-hmm. Why? He's, he is going to appear at DragonCon on Monday, September fifth. Yes. So, uh, um, according to according to the DragonCon Facebook uh, page, the official it's official now. Uh, the the Federation could only spare him for a short time. <laughs> okay. Well, from what I have heard, though, is he a lot of celebrities are starting to split their time between the Toronto Con mm-hmm. and Dragon Con, so they're doing two and two. Yeah, because there's you know fairly big con now up there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I don't think that con. Well, there's no uh, like Labor Day for them in Canada, so no, they don't they don't have that extra day that Dragon Con does. They just call it the weekend. <laughs> they yeah. just go, yeah, hey. it's the weekend. Exactly. It's the weekend, A. Exactly. Um, notably, we have a couple friends of the show. You know, later on in the, you know, when we get into it more, we'll be doing a full rundown like we used to. Uh, but, you know, just want to say, of course, Mark, the award-winning Mark Maddox has been announced. And, of course, Keith R.A. De Candido is a friend of the show, is going to be um, appearing at Dragon Con. And also, of course, Members of the ESO network, Dr. Scott Vigay and his lovely wife, Debbie, will be uh, returning to Dragon Con this year. And, you know, as always, we like to say there's going to be, you know, there's a couple writers announced and such and a couple video game players. And it'll be very interesting to see as the list grows. But, you know, take a look at uh, dragoncon.org to get a full list. How's that, Mike? For quick. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, like, awesome. like this is Very awesome. this this is the calm before the storm. I mean, because oh, yeah. we all we all know in the next few months. I mean, there are four hundred guests that are are they they they, they do keep that limit at four hundred of the guest list. So uh, the official guest list. So um, yeah, and right now they're they've only got like twenty. So, <laughs> yeah. So we got a way to go, folks. So we got a ways to go. Well, cool. Well, uh, of course, guests aren't the only main reason to check out uh, Dragon Con. Uh, a major part of Dragon Con is the costuming. And with us, we have uh, Dakoma to, ch- to talk a little bit more about the costuming and how it's become like a huge thing. It, it really has. Over the last probably five or six years, it's expanded not just in DragonCon, but globally, it's really taken over. Um, I've noticed a lot of really cool things happening. Um, there's been a lot of really big international – I don't know if anybody's tracked the international scene at all, but there's a lot of really good international stuff that's going on as far as cosplay and makeup goes. I know the Latin countries have been bringing – bringing it basically uh, as far as cosplay goes. And I know that the European countries have always been at the, at the peak when it comes to makeup and you really need both of those things to pull off an excellent cosplay. Darren, I remember you mentioning at the, uh, at the beginning earlier that you had a specific cosplay you were trying to pull off that happened to be a group. Yeah, it's true. true. And you're, you're kind of in the limbo state with that. I'm in the limbo stage because I want to do it with these two lovely ladies and uh, one of them can't come. And it's, uh, and it's heartbreaking. It's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm intrigued to find out what it is. Maybe you'll tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> it's a surprise. 
Ooh, those are the best kind. Yep. Uh, group cosplays are definitely a, a wonderful thing. I love to see a big group together. Um, uh, as far as cosplay goes in Dragon Con and in modern day, we're seeing a lot of – what I've noticed is that we're seeing a lot of cosplay leaking into everyday fashion. I don't know if you all have noticed that. But we've kind of surpassed past the um, – what do you call the the nerd t-shirt and the hoodie costumes and we're seeing <laughs> things that are like full-on costumes basically that are made in everyday wear and well, only, only when i go into my closet do i see cosplay that i'm like can i wear this to work today <laughs> i, I <understand>. maybe <laughs> it depends on where you have to go yeah yeah it's, it's an issue <laughs> i i've noticed it mostly with um with video game characters i know bioware has been on top of it when it comes to bringing out uh mass effect and dragon age and various other games they'll bring out leggings that match different characters they'll have full out ensembles that mimic what it is that you're seeing in the video games so i'm really excited about that um one of the other things that I'm definitely noticing, and actually uh, McCall's just launched something I'm super excited about. McCall's just launched a cosplay pattern website mm-hmm. that actually will do exclusive cosplay patterns. Have any of you had a chance to look at it that yet? I- I've looked at it. Um, it's still it's pricey based it, on what you can do if you can go to Hancock or whoever and get the patterns there. But, of course, they don't have cosplay patterns. So they it, yeah. It's pricey, but it does have some amazing features. Have it you does. looked at the different it features? It's, Those uh, wings are killing me. I want yeah, the wings. It's got the wings. <laughs> and it's got thicker paper. So it does. So can reuse your patterns over and over again. I and like the, that idea. Yeah, sure. they, used, they used thicker white paper. So it's not just the translucent the tissue like paper that you're used yeah. to. So that's, that's good. I really like the fact that... Um, that all of these places like McCall's and Simplicity uh, are really embracing not just pop culture and nerd culture, geek culture, whatever you want to call it, but or costuming to the extreme, but cosplay as it is. And they're really starting to kind of cater to us, mm-hmm. which is really awesome to me. Like I was looking through – like I looked through the, the notions list on the wings pattern and it said like industrial hot glue gun, three nails. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that's called, that's called a fun Saturday right there, kids. <laughs> and they supposedly, and I have not seen it yet because, like you said, they are kind of pricey. They range between seventeen or eighteen ish dollars to about twenty dollars per pattern for what they have available right now. Um, but supposedly, the instructions and tips they have on how to go about constructing those individual pieces are supposed to be more clear or clearer than what it is that you're seeing in a regular sewing pattern. And I know the vast majority of people who get into cosplay have no sewing experience. It's true. I know I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> we kind of just figure it up as we go along. Well, no, you figure it out because the person who said they're going to do your costume says, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> and you're so stuck true. with it seven weeks before the con and it's a group cosplay and you're like oh that is so true um, that's kind of what the fun of it is for me <laughs> like, I hate to be that like jaded jerk face but like we didn't have <laughs> All right. cosplay patterns we like, had to figure that out on our own like yeah. develop some skills and now I, it's just like hey here's this pattern it's done I command. I don't know. Him. Like, I know. I know. I'm being that like jerk, I but I, I, I just <laughs> command that Mary Lou has to cosplay as jaded jerk face at Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'll start the sketch now. Let's do this. Please. Please. <laughs> an all green gown. 
<laughs> with some eating at the bottom of the sleeves, and we'll, we'll have to constantly be flipping birds. No, no, Darren, it's not that hard. I just dress like myself. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> about that massive, it is. The massive RBF that you carry around. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it really is. Like, I, I love cosplay because I kind of stumbled into it. But to be able to go and pick up a pattern that's specifically for cosplay, and I know most of this started with um, Yaya Han and the stuff that she did with McCall's with her, you know, jumpsuit and the peacock dress and those sorts of things. But the fact that they've grabbed a hold of it and they've recognized it as, hey, this is something that we want as a, as a community that they can provide and are willing to cater to us, it's it's exciting to, for me. I mean, we're... We're really doing it. Like we're, this is, uh, I was talking to, not to hop subjects here, but I was talking to one of my coworkers today about the fact that uh, nerd things and geek culture and pop culture have all become those things that we all grew up with. And it's kind of become so mainstream now that people are used to it. It went from geek chic in the early 2000s to this epidemic that it is now and he was kind of jaded about it and I can understand being jaded about it but we're all at that point in our lives and our generations where we're the vast majority and we're teaching our children how to do all of this and that includes making these wonderful costumes that I expect to see at Dragon Con yeah well it's like when your band goes platinum you know the band that you've been following <laughs> since they were like since you know they were playing at the 80 what 40 what exactly and now they're yeah. now, now they're filling out arenas and you're like oh they just sold out you know you sold so out, man you sold you're, out. you're that yeah you don't want to be that bitter guy that's a great <laughs> way to think about it though like you know trying to teach and help the next group of people who are getting into costuming like well i mean if you think like about it, it you totally have to do that so well not only that but if you think about it the culture that we have immersed ourselves in as far as the people involved in this cast and the people who are listening to this cast are uh, goes, this is something that's nostalgic for us. This is something that we've done or that we've witnessed or that we've been a part of over and over and over again. So we want to pass that on to the later generations and hope that they have the same kind of feelings towards it that we do. Plus, I just love making stuff up. As far as costuming goes, as I go along, that's that's a great pastime of mine. <laughs> well, the the, the pageantry um, of Dragon Con. I mean, Dragon Con was, I mean, to my mind, was one of the first uh, in this country that really embraced costuming, really, like like I've never seen before. And it's it really it, it, is. And it's amazing for me to think that how popular it is now. But yet it's still like a lot of it's it's still a special thing at Dragon Con. I think one of the funniest things to me about Dragon Con and versus other conventions is that when you think about Dragon Con, you think about people watching, you think about parties, you think about, you know, being able to interact with special guests. And you always think about costuming because that's one of the things that we're definitely known for is bringing our costume game. That's where the cool stuff comes out of. Before Comic-Con, before all of that, well, not necessarily before, but we've certainly brought it as far as our coast goes. And we kind of set the bar pretty high. That's one of the things that we're really known for. So it's really interesting to me to see all of these other larger conventions finally start embracing that. But they kind of keep it segregated at the same time. 
they have like designated areas where you're allowed to do things or there's so many people that you only have certain areas to do things. One of the cool things that I did see was at um, San Diego Comic-Con, they've actually started doing a fashion show that's strictly cosplay where people have taken characters from whatever fandom it is that they have and made complete couture runway style costumes for them. And that's something I've actually been dreaming about since I was a child. (laughs) (laughs) So to see that come to life and for unfortunately me not to be a part of it yet, or at least there, it's exciting, but at the same time, a little sad. (laughs) I'm glad that it's happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, just keep people with the big costumes out of the habit trails. That'd be fine. (laughs) Get your handlers. You guys need handlers. (laughs) It is definitely interesting to see a lot of the personalities that I kind of remember. I don't want to say starting at Dragon Con, but certainly I saw them first at Dragon Con become these big names in, in costuming. Well, thank you, Mike. It <laughs> <laughs> means your mom, Darren. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That checks in the mail, sir. <laughs> well, <Yep>. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. Uh, that was uh, that. Yes, definitely interesting. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. And uh, now it's time for us to talk to Eternal Zan. Hey, everyone. And now we are going to be talking with Eternal Zan. Welcome back. How are you doing this month? Thank you. Very well. So what do we got to talk about this month? Well, this month, I wanted to talk a little bit about the halfway events that we have coming up for Dragon Con shortly. Oh, don't tell me it's already almost halfway. <laughs> yep, it's it's well, see that's another thing. How do you count how it's halfway because I count Thursday as the first day, but I know everybody says, well, Friday is officially the start of convention, but then if you if you're a when if you arrive on Wednesday, should you count that? So, I don't know how you count halfway. Do you count halfway? Is like that the Saturday of Dragon Con? You can get all complicated and nerdy with even figuring out when exactly halfway is. Exactly. So when officially is some of these halfway events and what's happening? Well, that I can tell you. Now, there's one that is called Halfway Home, and that is on Saturday, March 12th at 7 p.m. And that's at the Hyatt Bar, which is called 22 Stories, and that is on the lobby level. So if you walk in from the street to the Hyatt and you just keep walking, you will see the bar. It's at the opposite end. It's right next to the Skywalk. If you're not used to seeing the lobby when it's empty, it's right. It's immediately to the right as you're approaching the Skywalk that also goes to the Marriott. Yeah, a lot of our listeners know it as the home of the Bucket of Rum. There you go. See, I have never actually had a bucket of rum. Aha. Uh-huh. So there you go. Yeah. So very famous for it, though. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. I've also heard that the buckets of rum aren't as good as they used to be. But, you know, people that go to Dragon Con for many years, there's always something where they're like, eh, it's not like it was in my day. So who knows about that? But. So this is the fourth annual celebration of Halfway to Dragon Con for the Dragon Con pre-slash-post-con support council members. And that's just a, another Facebook group for people who really like Dragon Con. For sure. Totally. And it's, it's great. And it's great to see people dress in costume for this. People get all you know psyched for it. We have a couple of friends of the show who went to last year's. So it's the fourth annual celebration. 
of the halfway to Dragon Con for the Dragon Con pre slash post con support council members. And that is a Facebook group that is just dedicated to people who are very enthusiastic about Dragon Con, and they are the ones who host this event. It sounds like it's a great time. It should be a lot of fun. So it's it's interesting, though, because, you know, people get dressed in costumes. People, you know, really get into it. And it, some people, they feel like it's, you know, a little bit of a stress relief, you know, getting because you're all like, oh, my God, I only have six more months to create my costume. And, you know, it's a little bit of a like, ah, calm down. It's OK. It's still six months away. Right, right. You don't have to have everything done yet. Now, speaking of costumes, MarkstarCon is a group of people that puts on costume-themed events, and they also have a halfway to Dragon Con event, and theirs is called Infestation 5, Halfway to the Dragon, and their website is MarkstarCon.com, so that's a little odd to say out loud, so I'll spell it. It's M A R K. S-T-E-R-C-O-N dot C-O-M. So that's their main website. They actually host a number of different events, including one that has been rescheduled for Saturday, April 2nd, that's called Hair of the Dragon. Oh, awesome. And, and, they're, and they're very well known for their costume events. They actually usually have an event, I'm not sure what night, but I suspect it's Saturday night, that is off-site during Dragon Con that is one of the unofficial Dragon Con events. So it's it's not an official Dragon Con thing, but as we know, sometimes restaurants have specials or nearby businesses kind of get in on the Dragon Con action without actually being formally, officially connected to Dragon Con. So that's more of, I would say, a by fans, for fans type event that's separate. Now, there is a typically a cost to the Masquerade event, uh, the Markster Con events. And for Infestation, that's $30. Now, the Halfway Home event at the Hyatt Bar, that one is free. Infestation is actually at a venue, and it's at 695 North Avenue Northeast in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm not even – now, I'm not familiar with that location. I'm not familiar with that venue, but I'm guessing it's like a con- – it's a concert venue called yeah. The Masquerade. Do you yeah. know about that one? I know it quite well, and it's – yeah, it's basically a place where – a smaller location where you know, some bands play and such. But it's it's very intimate, and it's a great place to socialize. So you think it'd be good for costuming? Oh, fantastic. And it's going to be one of the last times because the masquerade is closing soon. Oh, really? Yes, it's slated for demolition. Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, so go while you still can. You know, I've seen a few bands there over the last 10 years. Um, it's a great place to go check out things. And it, I think if they do a Dragon Con event there, I think it's going to be fun to go to. And they shouldn't charge that much cover to go there. Yeah, most of the stuff that does have a cover, it's nothing that I would consider prohibitive. Something you should budget for, yes, especially if you are on a tighter budget and already have 10 people sleeping in your hotel room. But usually the off-site events are very reasonable. Yes. So I think it would be a lot of fun and definitely worth checking out. What else do we got, Sam? Well, I, I did want to do a brief parade update. So last month I talked about parade registration opening on Monday, February 15th. 
which it did. It was supposed to open at 9 a.m., but it, due to a little technical glitch, it ended up opening later in the day, but it did open that day. And the part that surprised me is vehicle registration closed the next day. Now, there's still room in the parade itself, but if you want to have a vehicle in the parade, at this point, you need to email Jan Price, who is the head of the parade, and request that your vehicle be on a waiting list. And I would suggest that anybody who's interested go ahead and do that because the parade is still very far away. Dragon Con's still very far away. I'm sure there must be some people that are going to drop out. So the email address to send that request to is DC underscore parade at dragoncon.org. And if you want to find all of the official parade accounts, you can go to dragoncon.org, choose participate from the menu, and then choose be in the parade, and you'll get all the information on what all of their accounts are. Hey, Zan, real quick question. For somebody who's coming to DragonCon for the first time, but they do want to participate in the parade, what do you recommend? Well, first I would say have at least one costume that you want to march with because when you contact the parade and say, hey, I'm new, I don't have a group of people, can you please put me in a section, they're going to say, what are you wearing? And that will determine what section you're in. Now, you can get a couple different costumes ready. Definitely comfortable shoes are a must for the parade. But because you'll be marching a mile and you could be walking all the way to the staging area and then all the way back, in which case that's two miles. It depends on whether you get up early enough to catch the bus to the staging route. If you end up walking, you'll be doing twice the walking. But yeah, just get your know what costume you want and contact them. And we are recording this on Tuesday, February 23rd. And as of this recording, there are still spaces for people to march in the parade. Fantastic. Thanks for that information. What else do we got? Okay, well, let's see. I guess another thing on the parade would be if you need to drop out of the parade at any point during the year, please contact the parade and let them know that because registrations have filled up in recent years. So please don't take a space away from somebody else if you're not able to attend. So that would be my final thing on the parade is just, you know, it is going to fill up sooner or later because it always does. Um, The next thing I had was I just, I, I, listeners might not be aware of this, but I hear the podcast the same way all the listeners do. I only hear my section as I'm recording it. And then I listen to the whole podcast just like a listener. And I'm, I love our guests and I know you're going to have, are you having Kevin Batchelder on today? No, Kevin couldn't make it this month. He had oh, some no. issues with work, but he'll be joining us starting next month and he'll be with us monthly from there on out. Okay. Well, I always look forward to hearing from him. And uh, how about Tony Gowell? Will he, will he be on? Yes. Tony will be on this week. And it, it'll be his first time on here. Is that he, correct? Yes, ma'am. See, he is fantastic. I'm sure you're going to get lots of wonderful information from him. Tony's great. And we're, of course, going to have Tacoma back with our, you know, cosplay corner. And, you know, we'll have Nikki doing her photography. So we have a lot of great things going on this episode. And and is Michelle going to be on later this year? Uh, Later on this year, she will be joining us also talking about the drop by Dragon Con. So we have tons of information for people out there, especially for newbies. Uh, this is, we try to be a great, you know, market 
material for newbies out there and an area for, you know, people to listen to all different types of things and learn all about the cons. And if you are a veteran, you know, we want to hear from you guys. Please write us at esopodcast at gmail.com. You know, give us your hints and tips. We always like, you know, and we'll read them up on the air. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about the halfway events personally because I live far enough away that usually Dragon Con is the only time I go to Atlanta because it's a day's drive for me to get up there and a day back. So I've never even made any of the volunteer meetings that might change this year, but there there really has to be a good reason for me to request that extra time off work. So I'm always interested to hear, okay, if I'm going to take this extra time off work, I want to make sure it's something really great. Like you've talked about the medieval times. That sounds like something I might do, or I might want to double up and go when there's going to be a halfway party. And if there's a volunteer meeting of some kind, so I can get the best use out of my time. Oh, sure. And you can actually go onto Facebook and you could look on the Dragon Con uh, Facebook group that they already have pictures from this year's uh, medieval times because it was at the end of January, early February that they did it. Right. Yeah, I did see some of those. Yes. And so there, it was a lot of fun. So can you tell us a little bit more if somebody wants to become an internal member? Sure, sure. Actually, that was one of the things I wanted to follow up with about because, like I said, since I hear the podcast the same as everybody else, there were a couple things I noticed in last month's episode that I just wanted to clarify. We talked about people getting their postcards and everybody post pictures online when they get their postcard. And I just wanted to let Eternal members know if you're a new, a new Eternal member, your postcard is always a different color than everybody else's postcard. So this year, the postcard color for regular members was blue, but the Eternals were pink. That doesn't mean the pink, the Eternals are pink every year, but the Eternal postcard is always a different color than whatever the regular postcard is. And this probably just makes it easier for volunteers. If you end up in the wrong line and you hand them your postcard, they'll say, oh no, you're an Eternal member. You need to go to the Eternals registration which is in an entirely separate building. It's actually in the Marriott. Now, I know they're changing registration this year, but I don't know if they're changing eternal registration. The location of the eternal registration is on the eternal postcard, and it listed it in the same location it was last year, which was in the Marriott. But if that changes, I do know they have a separate mailing list for all the eternals. So... They, I'm sure they would let the Eternals know if they decided they if they decided to change the location of it. Of course, and I definitely think you'll be the first people to know. So yeah, and just like regular membership, if you if you lose your Eternal postcard, they can look you up in the records. Just bring your ID. If you haven't gotten your postcard, and this goes for everybody, everybody that you know, didn't just order their postcard within the last couple weeks. If you haven't gotten your postcard, what you want to do is email Chip at the DragonCon office. And that is office at dragoncon.org. Or you can, of course, use the contact us form on the DragonCon website. And always remember when you contact them to give them your name and address and make sure that your mailing information is updated. I would suggest that even if your mailing information hasn't changed, just say, hey, my address hasn't changed and here's what it is. Maybe they accidentally made a typo somewhere in the system. You know, that sometimes can happen. 
where I live, my zip code is shared by two different cities. And sometimes I will be in some people's system with one city name and in another person's system with a different city name. And sometimes that causes problems with my mail. So you just never know. Just give them all the information and they'll take care of you if you haven't gotten your postcard. Sounds perfect. So anything else before we head out? I, I think we've covered a lot of information there. For the Eternal members, there's a bunch of information on a fan website I did, which is www.dragonconeternalmembers.com. And right now that is completely updated with all of our fan meetups, which everybody is welcome. So Eternals can bring non-Eternals. Non-Eternals can show up if you're just interested in the whole eternal membership thing and you have questions so we're open to everybody and wow i think we've we've really covered a lot of information haven't we yep we did congratulations you did it (laughs) well i'm never worried about not having enough information to cover i always just like to make sure that we're covering timely information that's even better so thank you for this month and you'll be back next month do you have anything you know you're going to talk about Well, um, I know people are always interested in how to get a hotel room, so I thought I'd do a little recap of that, and I will keep up on the news regarding that if there's any anything brand new happening early in the year. And if there's not anything new, maybe we can just talk about some strategies that are good to use all year round. Sounds perfect. Thanks a lot, Sam. And now we are... It is our honor to have with us a uh, a guy, director of the convention office, and uh, also a, uh, a a panel moderator of some repute, and that is Tony Gowell, right? Did I get that right? Yes. Hi, everyone. <laughs> awesome. So, welcome to the station, Tony. Thank you for having me. What a nice uh, treat to be asked to be here tonight. I appreciate it. And it's great to have you. You know, we, we love having people of all sorts. I mean, we've had track directors and, of course, media directors and, and all sorts of other people. I mean, it's amazing how many people it takes to run Dragon Con. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, as a show that was created um, almost 30 years ago. Isn't that amazing? By Oh, absolutely. The longevity of it is unparalleled by most other shows throughout the country. And that makes me very, very proud. Um, and to know that you know a group of like-minded fans sat around at, uh, some gaming tables and thought up the idea um, to start hosting something like this instead of them having to travel out to those few and far between shows back then um, has just shown the community how important it is to to bring a convention like Dragon Con to the city of Atlanta and that it does take thousands of people to pull off this awesome, awesome event. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and a credit to every one of them. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. Um, let's talk about your history. Now, when was your, sure. when was your first Dragon Con? Oh my gosh. My first Dragon Con, um, was 2001 and I was uh, brought in as a volunteer to run, uh, the hospitality suite for the guests. It was, uh, kind of coined the term, the green room. Um, but the official title was Guest Hospitality, and I worked under then just regular director Regina Kirby. She's now the senior director of programming for Dragon Con. Uh, but we did that, and I say we because my husband, who's also a director for Dragon Con, he runs VIP badge registration and eternal badge pickup. He uh, and I both started as volunteers in Guest Hospitality many, many years ago. 
Very nice. Very nice. And I am, you know, even 15 years ago, I mean, I'm sure you've seen so many changes when, when you first, that first time experience at Dragon Con, was it just a done deal that you would, I mean, keep coming back? Oh, absolutely. Um, there were other conventions that I had been to, but I'd never been to one that was on the scale and scope of Dragon Con. So even back in 2001, when the the number of attendees is not anywhere near where it is today, it was still bigger by large than any other show I'd ever been to. And what I remember the most was uh, the fact that I was in guest hospitality. They had blocked my hotel room to be on the same floor in the Hyatt Regency Hotel. And I had never been on an elevator that went that high before. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I remember just being like, I don't think I like this. And so for the duration of the show, I would be that person that was standing next to the buttons and not looking out through the glass because I was that apprehensive about it. Now I stay at the Westin on the 65th floor and I'm like, ah, who cares? Let's go. <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about, like, you, so you moved around to, from various positions there? Yeah, um, not as many as, uh, you know, 15 years would lead to believe, but uh, in guest hospitality for seven years. And then when Regina Kirby was offered the position to be the senior director of main programming, she took uh, Andrew and I with her, and I was her second for several, several years. And during that time, I became a part-time administrative employee for the Dragon Con office. And I say part-time. Uh, it's just that as the show gets closer, uh, there's a lot more that needs to be done to prep, and it comes fast and furious, and they needed all hands on deck. And since I was a casting director in film and television at the time, I was able to kind of weave and bob uh, between my real job in the film industry and um, putting some part-time hours in at the Dragon Con office. And then in 2012, uh, they called me up while I was on the set of Catching Fire and offered me a full-time contract, and I took it. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, now, now there is, you know, contrary to uh, what a lot of people may think, even though the big event is in September, uh, there's activity mm-hmm. all year round, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we, are, we pride ourselves in telling people that when they're purchasing a membership to attend Dragon Con, the reason why we call it a membership is because there are year-round benefits that you get that you don't get from a standard event ticket that you purchase. Like when you buy a ticket to a concert, you may or may not receive a discount on something at the event, but you never have any type of longevity because once your event is done, they don't care about you. They've moved on to the next one. But with Dragon Con, we offer year round discounts on so many different, uh, you know, car rental agencies, you know, flights out of, out of Delta to come to the show. Um, the scoot around people, they work with us to give a discount to our, our friends and fans that have disabilities that need a little extra maneuverings. Um, and then we have partnerships with so many businesses here in the Atlanta market that give us discounts uh, to go to area shows, free tickets to, to film, um, you know, discounts on the Center for the Puppetry Arts. We've done that before. And then we have that great medieval times dinner that we've done the past few years. Yes. We're at a steeply discounted rate. I think it was like 25 bucks a head. You get to go and have an evening with nothing but Dragon Con fans. Um, and, and let me tell you, it was great. We've, I've been twice, and it was awesome. Yeah, I, I always have such a good time. Uh, last year, I was one of the judges for the costume contest, and I just was amazed at how willing our fans are to represent the pride that they have with Dragon Con 
um, even at something like Medieval Times. I mean, there was somebody that was dressed up like Bumblebee from the Transformers. Someone came in a full Iron Man costume and actually won. And then there was this cute little kid that dressed up like the doctor. He won the children's category. Um, and it, I just have so much pride whenever I go around the city and it's January or February and it's not Dragon Con time that people bring Dragon Con with them no matter where they go. Yeah, it's something that uh, we we found uh, doing this podcast. You know, that's one of the reasons why we do a Dragon Con report every month leading yeah. up to it, starting in January, because there is literally that much information. Oh, yeah. It's constant. I mean, one of the reasons why I'm needed to work for the convention all throughout the year is because the amount of work that goes into prepping the show, just from an administrative standpoint, um, from customer service, I mean, not many conventions have a phone that you can pick up and call during business hours and have someone pick up the phone and answer your questions about the convention. So Dragon Con is a pioneer in that regard. Um, we are constantly monitoring all of our contact us forums. Um, I take care of the emails every day and I answer all the phone calls that come in. And so we're just there to help people so that it's not just a show that turns on 30 days before Dragon Con um, with emails piled up and phone calls left unanswered or even having a phone for people to call in. There's several shows that do not have a phone number attached to them. Um, so yeah, that that's just needed because there are people that have questions all year round and need guidance and assistance um, and how to navigate the labyrinth that is Dragon Con all year round. So that's really yeah. cool that you offer a podcast all year or for uh, most of the year. It's it's yeah, it's very fun, and we still can't. We feel still feel like we only cover a fraction of it. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Even all the way up to the day the show starts, I feel like I'm just covering a fraction of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's it's quite common for a lot of people, you know, who who work in in a field or, you know, at a convention or doing mm -hmm. whatever and that uh, they don't actually get, you know, they're so busy working, they don't actually get a chance to enjoy the event itself. I, I, I'm guessing that's not the case with you and DragonCon. <laughs> well, um, my version of fun may not necessarily be the same version of fun for someone else. That's the beauty of our diversification as fans. Um, a lot of us that have really deep roots in assisting conventions, our fun comes from the work ethic that we put into the show, where we put in dozens and dozens and dozens of hours making sure everyone else is having a good time. It's like we're the ultimate hosts of a very large personal party. So I have a lot of fun bringing surprise and joy to fans um i know about a year ago mike you might remember this when um i snuck phyllis logan into the brit tracks um panel celebrating downton abbey oh yeah i remember and quite well there were people there that were just absolutely shocked and stunned not knowing that she was even at dragon con because she wasn't listed as a guest and that just made me feel really proud that i was able to help orchestrate a, a nice little fan panel Q and a with someone from the show when no one was even expecting anyone to be there that well, worked on the production. It worked really well. Cause you came up to the panelists and we, and you said, there's a slim chance that Phyllis Logan might be popping up here and we might be able to interview her. And it's like, damn, the one I didn't bring my recorder to. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were some recordings out there for the panel. um capturing, some of those great stories that she told the fans. Oh, yeah. it's uh, One of them just went live about two weeks ago. Oh, perfect. Was that the one that was on the, the Georgia PBS? Yes. 
I did see clips of that. Yes. Because I'm, I'm a glutton for figuring out if I look like a total buffoon or an idiot. No, you look great, man. Oh, thanks. I was soaking wet because I knew that she was coming and I it was during like one of those weird freak thunderstorms. And instead of me going through the hotels, which I knew would be a mistake, I went running down the streets from the Westin to the Sheraton. Oh, wow. I was soaking wet. And I went into the room and I remember just freezing to death going, oh, this is such misery. And I tried to stay completely poised and in control the whole time instead of be crying and whining, wishing I was dry and warm. <laughs> but you, you handled it really well. And, oh, thank you, sir. You're so kind. And, you know, it was awesome because the audience's reaction to that was worth it completely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what I was uh, trying to hearken back to. You know, the amount of fun that I have at DragonCon, that to me was probably the highlight of the entire show. And that's saying a lot because I have been given the daunting task of moderating a lot of the high-profile guests that come to the show. But to be able to do some kind of sweet little, you know, underground something that nobody was expecting and bring so much happiness to fans makes it, uh, that it makes all the work that I do worth it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, and you know, it, it paid off in dividends and yes. you had just, you had said earlier that you had done, you had just gotten done moderatings before that. So it was just like, this made your show you had ta- mentioned when it was over. Yeah, absolutely. I, I average around nine to 12 panels that I have to moderate and then there are usually a few more that I sit on as a panelist, just as a fan. So that's where the employee of DragonCon comes in from the panels that I moderate versus the fun that Tony's having by sitting as a panelist. So if ever I'm marked as a panelist, it's because it's something Tony wants to do, not that DragonCon has asked me to do it on behalf of the company. No, it totally makes sense. Absolutely. Any other highlights from uh, your, uh, your panel work that, you, that come to mind? Oh my gosh. Um, there are lots of huge embarrassments, of course. Um, there, one of, one of the, the best surprises to me was, hmm, I want to tell a different story. Not so much that's panel related. Sure. This goes back to my guest hospitality years. And it led me to have the courage to do what I do now. So once upon a time, when the guests would come into the green room to chow down, that's their way of getting away from the fans to take some downtime for themselves to just sit and relax with other people that they're fans of that are also in their relative industries. And over the years, I had the great opportunity to meet lots of those guests that come to the show each year. So one year, I think the year was 2005, um, I ran into um, an actress. Her name is Jewel State. She worked on a show called Firefly. That's what she was known for. And uh, she reminded – like I reminded her of one of her gay best friends back in Vancouver. So we got to chit-chatting, and she wound up bonding with me and my husband, who was just my partner at the time. And over the years, made such a great, fierce friendship with her and other people from – the Vancouver film industry that, um, in 2008, um, she and other people from the film industry were in mine and my husband's wedding in, uh, Victoria on Vancouver Island. And I can say that without dragon con, that wouldn't have happened the way that it happened. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's very awesome. So yeah, Miss Kaylee Moonfry or whatever was it. Kaylee Fry. Was that her character's name? Yes. Yeah. It was in my wedding. 
And oh. he was uh, Aaron Douglas, who plays Chief Galen Tyrrell from Battlestar Galactica. He was in wow. the wedding. And both of and, them are going to be at uh, Greenville and for the South Carolina Comic Con in a yes. month. <laughs> it's almost like you planned it that way. I can't imagine how that could have happened. <laughs> and unfortunately, there was going to be a third guest there, but they couldn't make it because of their film schedule in India. But my good friend, Paul McGillian from Stargate Atlantis. So um, without Dragon Con, those people I would have never met, not in this capacity. Yeah, I've worked in the film industry, but not had a lot of opportunity to meet people that work in foreign film industry, like the country of Canada. So uh, yeah, Dragon Con helps make all those bridges happen. And they, you know, they, they gave me the support and encouragement that I needed to become uh, a moderator. And I'll remember that. Oh gosh, I can't remember the year, the year Malcolm McDowell came. Oh, sure. That was the first year I was asked to moderate from the company. And I was just like, what? And they were like, get out there and don't make a fool of yourself interview the shit out of the guests and make the fans happy. And uh, I'm paraphrasing. They're a lot nicer than that. But I just remember thinking that those were the daunting tasks put before me. And he was absolutely a, just a, a spellbinding storyteller. Like I would lean into the microphone, just listening to every word that he said. He was really a crafted storyteller. It was a real joy to have him at the show. So from there, I just fell in love. Now, had I had a miserable experience with a guest because not all guests are created equal, um, that, may, that may have shied me away from wanting to do that. But it was so awesome, and I had such a good time and got so much positive feedback that I started becoming leaned on by Dragon Con to do more and more uh, panels for some of our big-name guests that maybe haven't been to the show before or have you know really sensitive requirements to make sure that they're handled delicately. So, yeah, I can thank Malcolm McDowell for... Um, being such an awesome guest that I wanted to moderate again, but people like Jewel and Aaron and Paul that gave me the courage to sit in front of 2000 people and ask someone a question. That's, that's so awesome. I, I'm sorry, but every time I think of, you know, whenever I think of Malcolm McDowell, I'm afraid because at, at that same year at Dragon Con, the only time I saw Malcolm McDowell when I was, when I looked over at the other urinal that I was, <laughs> in the back, I, was like, I was like, Oh my goodness. Malcolm McDowell is right next to me. <laughs> He's human. Oh my God. Oh, Quite different circumstances. You have but... no idea how much that makes me laugh because I've always wanted to start a blog called Peeing with a Celebrity. Because I have wound up peeing with so many celebrities in my life, I could put a blog together. <laughs> well, that's a different podcast. Right. My I will say that my favorite pee story was with Margaret Cho, and I'll let you run with that. Whoa. Okay. We went up trapped together in a bathroom. We had no idea that it was a single use. And we both went in at the same time. And then we wound up taking turns. <laughs> okay. Good times. And then, like, not long after that, um, Frank Darabont, the director of The Shawshank Redemption, one of the best films ever put to print, um, we wound up side by side on the, on the pilot of Walking Dead. And he was just yammering away. I'm in full zombie gear and he's peeing at the urinal in his big old tropical shirt and was just going over all these details with me. And I was just like, this man is peeing next to me. Here's an Academy Award nominated director. Oh, my God. <laughs> that well, is we awesome. all have to pee. We all have to pee. Exactly. <laughs> um, switching gears entirely. Um, yeah, away with, from with, urine? Sure. Exactly. 
with the 30th anniversary of it coming up, I just wanted to get real briefly your thoughts on to if you have any sort of um, thoughts about like why Dragon Con is as special as it is. Oh, I have lots of thoughts as to why Dragon Con is as special as it is, but it really boils down to the absolute passion that the owners of Dragon Con have for making sure that our fans have the best experience because their fans also, they turn down so many corporate sponsor opportunities because they don't want to give creative control away to people that don't care about the fans. They don't want to just make money with it. They want to actually provide a good show. Right. Yeah. It really hurts my feelings when people see Dragon Con as like this money grubbing, um, event that's just there to take all the money from our fans. And like so many other conventions are there, there are conventions that I don't think that are as sensitive to their fans needs as ours, but to put on a show in a metropolitan city of 7 million people in downtown Atlanta is not a cheap show to produce. Oh, I'm sure. And that amazing parade that we put out for everyone every year, that is not given to us freely by the city of Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot of work and resources that are put into every aspect of the show that, I mean, like the whole city of Atlanta can show up to the Dragon Con parade and watch it. So there's not really that return for Dragon Con. We don't charge anybody to march in the parade like a lot of parades do. In order to put a float in a parade, you usually have to pay for the space. Dragon Con doesn't charge people for that. We have a roster that once it's filled up, you know, there's only so many people that we can march down that street. But, you know, we we give back to the fans. And that's one of the things that I think is the distinction between our show and other shows is that our the people that are helping organize it care so much. They have their finger on the pulse of what is hip and cool. And they pay attention to the trends of what makes a fan experience the best experience possible. If they didn't care, there would be a, like almost like a routine robotic formula put in place with never any variation at all. And if there's anything that anyone can't say about Dragon Con is that it's the same every year. They just can't say that. Absolutely. No, absolutely. each year it's a different experience. Oh, Absolutely. Well said. Well, sir, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank uh, you for having me. This was a nice treat. For for those people who want to say howdy to you, are you available? Um, I'm always available. For our- <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. That was such a loaded one. It's oh, my favorite. But yeah, everybody can always hit me up on Facebook. I'm pretty social with everyone. Um, and if anybody has any Dragon Con related business that they want questions answered, they're always welcome to, to contact me at the office. Uh, my email is super easy at the office. It's dragoncon at dragoncon.org. And then our phone number is on the website if anybody has any questions. I mean, we're always available. If I don't answer the phone, Chip Allen, who's my partner in crime, he's usually there to answer the phone with me. So, yeah, awesome. we're there for all of our fans. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a real treat. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 special report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode. Eternal Zan for her helpful segment, as well as uh, Tony Gowell for taking us behind the scenes. And before I thank the folks here on the station, I want to give a shout out to two contributors who could not make it, 
but you should definitely check out their Facebook groups. Uh, Kevin Batchelder, who runs the DragonCon newbies group. Actually, it's not just him who runs it. I don't want to uh, make it sound like it's just his group, but he's a big part of that group. And uh, if you are attending, planning to attend DragonCon for the first time, that is a great resource. Uh, he's got at the DragonConNewbies.org. He's got a list of uh, a great links and resources for people who are going to attend a lot of uh, frequently asked questions, that sort of thing. And, you know, you don't feel no question is too stupid. Well, they'll put that to the test, I'm sure. But um, for for him, because they get questions all the time from people uh, that just have that don't understand what Dragon Con is. So they try their best to explain it as best they can. Um, and. Michelle Biddick Simmons, who runs the or co-runs the Drop by Dragon Con Facebook group. Um, if you're looking to get healthy uh, for Dragon Con, which we all know we need to be in tip-top shape for that convention, there's a lot of walking that goes on, um, and it's a it's a, a physically demanding show. So uh, feel free to check out that Facebook group as well. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. So uh, mahalo mucho to our station crew here. Thanks, Tacoma, for joining us. Of course, guys. Sorry, I had to hit my mic. <laughs> ah, gotcha. No right. comment on that one. I know. Yeah, right? I was just going to leave that one hanging. Yeah. I, know. I was like, what? Hitting, what? Did, hitting you know? her, Did you leave already? Hitting her um, mic, leaving, hanging. You know. Oh, gotcha. Absolutely. Um, how can people reach you? They can reach me via Facebook at Dacoma Sanchez if they search in the search bar. Um, also, I am Lady Hellhath if you are looking for my fan page. And you can find me at Lady Hellhath on Instagram as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. Pleasure to be here, as always. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And we got to talk about what – give people your Geek Behind the, the Lens link. Uh, it's on Facebook, Geek Behind the Lens Photography, uh, and also just geekbehindthelens.com. And I did want to mention that the DragonCon group photo shoots uh, schedule is already live. Really? So you guys are planning on, yeah, and spaces are filling up. So if you're planning on participating Excellent. in or you want to create a group, go on the Facebook page, uh, DragonCon group photo shoots. And uh, you guys can fill out the slots that you want to uh, claim. Absolutely. Thank you for that information. That's awesome. Thanks, Mary, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And where can people find you if they want to? Uh, if they'd like to find me, I'm on Facebook as uh, Mary Lou Who and um, Twitter at Mary Lou Who Blog. Absolutely. And Darren, thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sir. Anytime. And and where can people find out about you and your uh, crusades? Um, no, I, I will be at the uh, Georgia Gold Dome protesting, I'm sure, at some point. Um, no, I'm at uh, legionsubstitutepodcasters.com. I'm on Facebook as Darren Noel. And, um, and that's about it. I guess you'll see me at DragonCon in some costume somewhere. Probably uh, Wonder Warrior again will make a reappearance. And you joined us uh, a couple of weeks ago for a really fun ESO episode as well. So yeah, it was fun. I definitely encourage people to check that out. Our review of whatever happened to Baby Jane. I know. What did that, happen to her? Mm. That was awesome. She went for ice cream. Come on. She did. She got ice cream. And much thanks to you, Director Faber, for which none of this, of course, would be possible. It's always my pleasure. And, you know, all I have to say to you, my friend, is aloha. Aloha. We try to cover all we can with these special episodes, but 
To keep up with the latest news, please check out the official Dragon Con website, social media outlets. All the tracks are active on Facebook, and they all have various social media, uh, you know, Twitter accounts and all that as well. So definitely reach out to those. A lot of them are looking for ideas for um, panels, and uh, it's a good way to get involved this early. Um, we, uh, we tried, uh, we can also be found. Well, let me try that again. I just really stumbled on that. Meanwhile, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google plus Stitcher, all those social media as well. We want you to be part of this station. Please feel free to join in on the discussion and also please help us support the podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store or filling up your cart at the Amazon e-store with lots of copies of the ESO anthology. That's right. There are tons of them out there. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. And we're done. Woohoo! Yay! Woohoo! And now it's party, party weekend. Right? <laughs> right? Let's get it. It's Tuesday. Yeah.
ground zero. Every move is starring you. And the world will turn to flowing pink papers too. of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.